Today I'm going to be looking at James chapter 3 and walking through this book. James was leader of the early church at one point, and it says that this message was to those scattered all over the world. Now, you and I have a few people that we have voice to, right? But this guy was like the premier leader of the Christian world at that point, and so what he's saying is something that uh, is intensely practical and in what he's been observing in regard to Christians. So this particular chapter is primarily about our speech. Now he's addressed a couple things already in the first chapter. He said we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Later on he says, if you think you're being religious but can't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself. He just puts it out there. He has gone over double-mindedness and, and uh, things that uh, you know, shouldn't be a part of our lives. Now he addresses how we talk. And uh, let's, let's just dig into it. My friends, we should not all try to become teachers. In fact, teachers will be judged more strictly than others. All of us do many wrong things. If you can control your tongue, you're mature and able to control your whole body. Um, I want to link this with the speech idea because um, their settings weren't quite like what ours are. Generally, uh, in their groups, uh, more people were speaking. And so it's almost like a small group when you get together and everybody has a piece to share. And in those groups, oftentimes it gets into everybody has an opinion. And really, that's not the goal. The goal is truth, and the goal is to understand what God has to say and what he wants declared. And I think that's similar to what he's drawing on in this setting and going, it's not about just voicing an opinion and and giving your two cents worth. But there, there are more significant issues involved in this. Um, that said, uh, there's an interesting statement here. All of us do many wrong things. Now, this translation is a little different. Some say we all stumble in many ways. But there is the idea of sin connected to the, the, the literal declaration of this in the original languages. And if anything, in some ways, there's a, an awareness of, yes, um, none of us is perfect yet. And all of us are being purified, so to speak. And we may be cleaner than what we were, but there's still room for scrubbing, so to speak. And, and as we walk through this, he's making this declaration that, you know, there's, there are things in us that, that really shouldn't be there. And he, light, he brings it to our speech and says, if you've got control over what you say, you've got your life put together. But it's regularly we step into foolishness, right? So let's, let's walk through some of this. He gives three illustrations of how powerful the tongue is. 
He says, putting a bit into a, the mouth of a horse, we can turn the horse in different directions. And I want to carry this idea that sometimes our speech is actually declarative and it does move us into different directions, good and bad. Um, if you make a declaration, I probably won't win. I probably won't get that job. I probably won't get an A. I probably won't get a D. Aren't you, in some ways, already dismissing yourself and making a declaration that I'm not giving this my best effort or I've already quit trying or it's not, you know, I'm going to fail? How does that line up with what was mentioned earlier if God has good intent for your life, have you heard a word from heaven or are you making this statement over yourself? It's a direction-setting thing in many times. He says it takes strong winds to move a large sailing ship, but the captain uses only a small rudder to make it go in any direction. Again, this direction thing. I grew up in a household where um, my mother was an amazing woman, brilliant woman, but one of the failures of our family was she was incapable of making, or bringing compliments to us children. I associate that with the Swedish uh, heritage because I've seen it in other families similar. It's not just a Swedish thing, but... Um, it wasn't until late in life that she was even able to make declarations over us kids that were, in a sense, positive in that moment. Now, she would brag on us to the other kids. So you kind of grew up with this, they do everything right. I guess I don't. Um, that said, it wasn't an intentional thing. Again, very godly person, but it was a a family heritage thing that needed to be broken off. Kids shouldn't have to figure out for themselves whether they do something well or not. There ought to be an affirmation that comes from an authority or a parent figure. Now, you know, <laughs> my kids will always go, yeah, you had this phrase, it's a good start. I didn't get it all right. There were some compliments along the way, but there was a lot of, uh, that's not good enough. I want better. So I, I, within each family, there's this thing to it. But that said, what are, what are the declarations? That you, what is the direction setting that you're, in a sense, making over your life? Um. Now, we'll get into this some more. He says, our tongues are small, yet they brag about big things. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Tongues like a spark. It's evil power that dirties the rest of the body and sets a person's entire life on fire with flames that come from hell itself. That's that third illustration. 
is saying there, there's power in what we are speaking and declaring. And, and so there's a necessity for us to, to say, okay, what, what am I speaking? Have you ever noticed that once you make a declaration, and I will do this, that you're much more committed to that path? Or when, when somebody's calling for volunteers and everybody sits there quiet, it's kind of like, I don't want to do this or I'm not going to. But once you make that statement, I will, where does it move you? It's like this declaration that says, this is going to get done. Committing myself to this course, I am being heard by the group and I can be held accountable. So there's, there's great power in that kind of thing. And in, in a Christian context, we want to make the declarations that God has over our lives and we want to be speaking life to others. For just as surely as you can start a fire and destroy, you can also speak life and, and bring health to a setting and situation. And so he says, you know, what we're having to understand in Christ it's not, this isn't self-help, but it's, it's declaring what God has and understanding his mindset and be willing to speak that. And it's a life-giving form. We're going to get into that later because he's going to talk about true wisdom from heaven as being the contrast. So this isn't just positive think or self-help. But it's still something in a very, very practical sense that we have to be aware of. So our speech is direction-setting and capable of defining things, and we, we need to be aware of that. So in Christ, there's a necessity of us to say, this needs to be controlled by God and for Him. Now let's move into uh, another section. He says, all kinds of animals, birds and reptiles and creatures can be tamed and have been tamed, but our tongues get out of control. They're spreading it, restless, evil, and always spreading deadly poison. Jesus, when he was on earth, made this declaration. You know, people have been chiding him about what he was eating. And he says, it's not about what you eat. That goes in and comes out. It's done. You know, it's physical. But he says, what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. He says, that's what makes you unfit for worship to God, the telling lies and insulting others, and then, then you're trying to worship? That doesn't work. James takes this approach. He says, you can really muddy the waters by how you speak. So this is another aspect of it is that you want to present a clear witness to others. You want to present a clear declaration. If you're all the time talking trash, uh, don't expect them to understand what your life's about. Several, <laughs> Let's get the three illustrations. Then you hear confessions. Clean water and dirty water both flow from the same spring? No. Can a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. Does fresh water come from a well full of salt water? No. So how, how do we think it's acceptable for the mud and purity you know, to, to be a part of our declarations? 
I, I remember as a kid, I used to ride the bus, and so there were five elementary schools in our town, and the bus kids got moved wherever they needed. You know, if one school was too big, they'd move them to the other. So I got to all five in that my elementary years. That's not necessarily a good thing. It's just the reality. But I remember going in in fourth grade to one particular school, and of course, you try to be the tough guy early on, and out started come pro- coming profaneness that it took me at least two years to break. Didn't really, didn't really change till I got to the next school. You know, was working. But it was only a few months of intentional F-bombs or whatever, whenever. And then you're trying to get out of this persona, so to speak, and it's very, very slow. And different times, you know, you you realize you're using a word like crap. Oh, this is a batch of crap. Well, what is that? That's a very cynical, depressed view of life, right? So is that really the speech that ought to be coming out of a Christian? And, you know, I... I was very grateful when and a friend challenged me on that because he's going, you're going into ministry and you're always using that word? What's, what gives? And, and I knew I had to change. But again, it took several years to just weed that out. But there's other, there's other aspects of this. I mean, profanity is one of them, but if, we, if we'd cultivate sarcasm and cynicism which goes over really well in our culture, right? It isn't consistent with the God who loves you and is working good into your life. To always be talking in depression or always seeing the the skewed side and declaring it. If you've been around me at all, you know that sarcasm runs deep in this one. And I've been, been working on it. It's not done yet. I will apologize for skewering you in advance because <laughs> you know it's coming. No. But what I feel like God was... God has been sharing in my life is that instead of skewering people, you can speak life and move them a notch in a positive direction, right? It's not just revealing truth. Often sarcasm does. It is a form of truth-telling at times. But is it truth that builds up or is it truth that cripples? Glass half full declarations don't fit with the good God. They just don't. There's other areas. There's there's things like overstatement. You never. You never do this. You don't ever care. You always, 
You know, it's these lumping you into, this is the only way you act. It's a lie to attach that. But it is, it's powerful in argument, right? It's the bomb, so to speak. Shut the person up. You're always a jerk in that setting. What can, what can I say? But what does it do for the health? And so when we note those things, we have to start, you know, breaking that out of our lives. But if you are verbal and capable of skewering others, surely in the Lord you are capable of building up as well. But it's your choice what you're going to do with it. Before I go further, I just wanted to walk through this. Each of us has had probably numerous wounds, so to speak, when something's been spoken about us or to us that, in a sense, puts a, a scar in motion or a, a hurt that stays there until it's given unto the Lord. Until, until we allow ourselves to see us as he sees it, not just as it's been spoken over us. That's where we have opportunity to say, God, how do you see me in this moment? You'll always be a mess up. Overstatement. Yes, we failed in this moment, but what does God see of us? What does he want us to see? There's healing opportunity as we take those things before him and say, what do I need to see out of this? And sometimes it's, yes, this needs to change, but I don't see you as a total failure. Or that wound should never have been spoken. That declaration should never have been made. It should not be sticking to you. And you find release. So, Father, in this moment, if this has brought up some things that from the past in regard to speech that have been wounds to our hearts, if you're bringing specific insight even in this moment, we ask that you'll walk that through into healing for each one here. Right? That's, give us a picture of, of health in you. Give us an understanding of how you see it. Some of those things travel with us for years and years and years until they're, in a sense, set before the Lord. And he speaks life into that. But it's available. And it's wondrous. There are extremes in our speech. If it's all truth and no love, that's not healthy, is it? 
I'm a truth lover. It's, I think it has some to do with temperament. Um, I've regularly spoken too bluntly with people. Got to declare truth. Got to stand for truth. Wouldn't want to be seen as speaking falsehood. But never pressed through to the point of saying, how can I say this in a way that builds up? Or does it need to be said in this moment even? Is it appropriate? Those are things that, that I have to look at. Some, on the other hand, are going, they're all, uh, all about cooperation and no confrontation. You know, all about conciliatory speech. You know, let's be friends. Truth, well, at <laughs> some point it's going to come out. But, you know, let's just talk nice, nice. That's just as, just as wrong on the other extreme, right? It's like, you know, in parenting, you run the risk of exasperating a child because, yes, you do see things better. You see how it could be, you know, how they could color within the lines with the right color. You know, brilliant a parent understands or it's all conciliatory that, uh, you know, you, you, placating. You know, it's like, I li- dads are told don't exasperate. I would add a verse that says moms don't placate. Uh, it's just my own thing. But uh, it's like, if you have no intention of straightening out this situation, just shut your mouth, at least for the moment, you know. I'm warning you. One, two, three. You count well, Mom. <laughs> Go. But uh, whatever. They heard you the first time. I'm just saying. That's, that's the difference between temperaments, right? Let's move on. <laughs> I can get you all mad at me. Are any of you wise or sensible? Then show it by living right, being humble and wise in everything you do. But if your heart's full of bitter jealousy and selfishness, don't brag or lie to cover up the truth. That kind of wisdom doesn't come from above. It's earthly and selfish and comes from the devil himself. So he says, here's the root of a lot of what we say. It's jealousy. We wish we were in somebody else's situation, or we wish that we, you know, whatever, that uh, it wasn't like that, or there's this selfishness that I want for myself, and I want things my way. And he says it, it tends to come out in, in a lot of junk. But he says, wisdom that comes from above leads us to be pure, friendly, gentle, sensible, kind, helpful, genuine, and sincere. So he says, if we really have the mind of God in a setting and we're speaking, it's going to come out with these attributes attached to it. So it's really important that we kind of walk this through and say, okay, I feel a need to declare something, but in the declaration 
where is this going? Is it coming from the root of selfishness that says, you wronged me and I, well, <laughs> I want you to know it and we need to get it right? Or is it from God, you know, in the sense of saying, there's a wrong here, but how can we heal this thing? Let's move it into health. Let's just not make the declaration and run because that's just like throwing our own bomb in, in retaliation. But it's not really fixing the thing. And so it's like finding that, that moment in the Lord of saying, okay, if I really have the wisdom of God in this, there is light to be brought into this situation. My declaration is going to have love and truth attached together. Ephesians says, speaking the truth in love, we grow up in everything unto him who is the head unto Christ. Speaking the truth in love, powerful idea. He says, when peacemakers plant seeds of peace, they harvest justice. I, I like this particular translation because I don't necessarily associate peacemaking with justice. But he says they're linked when they're done right. That it brings peace to the setting, peace to the household, but there's also a justice involved with it. So it's not just placating, it's not just you know, making this truth statement, throwing the bomb, but somehow it's bringing well-being into the setting. He says, that's what we want our speech to do. How does God see you? What does God say about you? How does God see this person you're with? What does he say about that person? That's what we want to be declaring. So we go through and we say, yeah, the tongue, very powerful. What we say has great influence. We don't want to live muddy lives that send mixed messages. But we want the wisdom from God. It speaks life. Brings peace and justice. Praise the Lord. Thank you for these passages that speak life to us. Over and over again when we read them, we find things that uh, bring us into greater health in you. Thank you for that privilege. Amen. I have a few suggestions for you. If you function regularly in depression or the cynical side of life, I think you should make conscious effort to begin making declarations of thanksgiving and rejoicing. Find things that you're thankful for and speak those things. Not making it up, but every one of us has things that we see that we appreciate and it's, it's time to do that. Um, secondly, um, if, if you're one of those truth-tellers, so to speak, that regularly is driving in the knife, so to speak, and defining the lines, it's probably time to speak to others and say, I love this about you. 
I love this aspect that's connected to your life. It, it, it moves you into that compassionate side of things and, and just uh, clarifying, you know, and, and, and making it alive. If, if you've been fearful, then it's one of those things, too, of declarations of saying, I am, and, and putting yourself out there, so to speak where you, you're taking a step into the unknown and you're just saying, by the grace of God, I am going to do this. I will accomplish. It, it's, it's a positive step forward that says, in the Lord, this is possible and available. If you're a person that you know you've been selfish or have been, you know, haven't been willing to admit wrong, then there's very appropriate to, go, to apologize. Again, it's that spoken thing of, I did wrong. I'm sorry. It opens the door to healing. So I just, you know, those are some things that I think you know, when we walk through this and we say, well, the Lord has opened up the doors with this. He has given us a picture of what we want to become and who the people that we want to be. How do we get there? Some of these are just steps forward but they change the way we perceive and they change the way that we do and they're powerful I want to pray for God's blessing on you now remind you there's a meal downstairs may your blessing rest on these your people may they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives may they discover with joy what it is to speak your truth and the results that they see as they declare the eternal the unchanging power of your word Lord I ask as each one goes into the community that you will give them words of life to speak over others I ask that their deeds would be fitting with the workings of your kingdom gift them with the supernatural I ask we love you this day. Be lifted up and exalted, we ask you.